Hello, Bettys. Welcome to the show. Before we get to our guest today, I just wanted to let you know that we have such an epic list of guests coming up in March. We are talking about menopause. We're talking about autoimmunity. We're talking about muscle building. We're talking about recovery practices. And I don't want you to miss any of it. Even if you are listening to the podcast, you may not necessarily be subscribed. So you're going to have to manually go into your podcast app and press play. I would love for you to hit that subscribe button so that you are getting the podcast as they are released. It's going to make me oh so happy to know that you are a subscriber of the pod. You are officially a Betty in the Bettyverse. And of course, you are never going to miss an episode and be the first to know when it drops. Thank you so much. Hey, Betties. Welcome to the Better Podcast. It's your host, Dr. Stephanie. It is geeky magic time where I step away from the interviews and just talk to you. It's just going to be me and you today. And these episodes, I'm going to bring you personal insights, frequently asked questions, topic du jour in a more condensed, quick, and actionable way. I go hard on the geek, wrap it up with sprinkles and magic for you to do and be better. Today, we are going to go on a little geeky magic carpet ride together on the female menstrual cycle. I am a huge fan of the Bio Optimizers Magnesium Breakthrough. It has seven forms of magnesium, which is going to help to transform your stress and your performance and your recovery and your sleep to the next level. I'm often asked like, well, what are the types of magnesium we should be looking for? So there's magnesium chelate and citrate and bisglycinate and malate, sucrosomial, taurate and orotate. They have various effects on the body. Bisglycinate, probably the most bioavailable and most absorbable. Malate, it's found naturally in fruits, helps with migraines. Chronic pain has been shown to help improve depression. Magnesium citrate uh, helps with arterial stiffness. It helps with maintaining a healthy weight. Magnesium chelate is important for muscle building, recovery, and health, the list goes on and on. You're basically getting them all in one supplement. Each supplement itself is 500 milligrams of magnesium, which I feel is such a great dosage as a great baseline for most women. I have found a beautiful medium of actually cycling my magnesium. So I actually will take one or two of these. So I'm either getting 500 milligrams or up to a gram of magnesium, depending on where I am in my cycle. So head on over to biooptimizers.com forward slash better and use code better for 10% off of any order, but make sure that the magnesium breakthrough is in your cart. Don't be fooled by the frigid temperatures. Keeping hydrated in the wintertime is super important. In colder temperatures, we sweat more due to a higher metabolic demand of trying to maintain a core body temperature. We lose more fluids and electrolytes through our urine. We lose more water through respiration and just general breathing. And our skin dries out in the wintertime as well. We are a ski family, and over this winter, we have been using Elementee's Chocolate Medley. The chocolate chai is absolutely incredible with some boiling water, a splash of milk, and my kids love the chocolate mint with some hot water. This is our apres ski. We cozy up with Element Hot after hours on our cross-country trails. Now, for a limited time, you too can get the Element Tea Chocolate Medley and enjoy them hot as I have been doing with this exclusive insider bundle for you. When you buy three boxes of any flavor, it doesn't have to be the chocolate, it can be any of the flavors that they offer, you are going to get the fourth box 
free. If you head over to drinkelement.com forward slash Dr. Estima, you'll see that exclusive offer at the bottom of the page. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T.com forward slash D-R-E-S-T-I-M-A. And tell me which of the chocolate, Melody, you love the best. Otherwise known as the lasso of truth, your hormonal report card that you get every single month. And this particular topic was inspired by a talk that I gave to a community called the Dovetail Community. So shout out to Alexis Dean and her high-performing female entrepreneurs. And I had given a talk, I must have been about a year ago now, and we were talking about how you can use your period and your cycle and how the ebbs and flow in your cycle can really determine when in your cycle is the best time to give a talk, when you can negotiate for more money, uh, when you uh, can, you know, when it's the best time to go out on a date and all these types of things. And as I was going through the different phases of the menstrual cycle, uh, I noticed that there were a lot of questions and there was either a lot of questions at the end or there was a lot of nodding. Like people were like, oh my God, that makes so much sense. Now that explains why, you know, I'm so horny at certain times of the month or this is, you know, this is why I feel like a crazy person every couple of weeks. So that particular talk was uh, actually quite a, a pivotal moment for me because it was one of the catalysts. There were several that sort of was happening at that time in my life. Um, but it was one of the catalysts to write the book um, that I am almost ready to share with the world. Uh, not quite yet, but getting there. And um, so I wanted to share the same wisdom that I shared with the Dovetail community with you, because I think that as women, you know, we may have taken high school biology and learned about our periods for maybe like a couple of days or a couple of uncomfortable hours um, in high school bio. But other than that, we really don't think about our cycles, particularly the women that I work with, I notice that we really don't play around with our behaviors, the way that we eat, the way that we train, the way that we think, uh, the way that we behave in accordance with our menstrual cycle. So I will promise to the ladies who are listening who are in menopause, there is going to be a solo episode just for you. Today, what I want to focus in on is teaching women who are still cyclical, so that includes women who are in perimenopause. So perimenopause is somewhere between the age of 35 and 50-ish. Um, this also applies to you as well, because this is going to really teach you about how your body changes literally every single day of the month and has been doing so for years. So I want you at the end of this podcast, I want you to become sort of your own period expert, like this, your chief period officer, a CPO of your, <laughs> of, your, uh, of your body. And I hope that by the end of this podcast, and if you want to re-listen to it, share it with a friend, have a little discussion around it with a couple of girlfriends, I want you to be able to understand what is normal versus what might be 
common. Now I could go on a whole different tangent on ED, like the word normal and common, how they're different, but I will just summarize it by saying what is common is not necessarily normal. And I think when it comes to menstruation, we really do, because we have normalized menstrual pain, we often don't clue into when things have gone awry, where there may be hormonal imbalances and how to fix them. And I think what I'll do following this, if there's interest, is to really do a deep dive into each of the individual potential hormonal derangements that women experience through their cycle and beyond, and then some of the proxies that we can use to help heal. So the way that I'm going to divide this talk up is, um, this little podcast up, is in four weeks, okay? So most periods, the average period length is about 20 29 to 30 days. And what we consider normal is somewhere between 26 and 34 or 35 days. So I'm just for the ease of math, going to talk about this in terms of, and we're going to assume that your cycle is about four weeks. It can be four and a half. It can be just under uh, four weeks, but there are four distinct parts to your cycle. And that's what I'm doing here. And because 28 just evenly divides into four weeks really easily, uh, we're going to do it that way. But just know that if your period is longer than 28 days, like mine is, mine's like 29 days on the money every single month for the last however many uh, years, um, just know that you can add you know, a day or two um, into each cycle where necessary. All right, so let's get into this. So week one, I lovingly call this your bleed week. So we have lots of different names for this, your period and flow, the red badge of courage, it's moon time, it's crimson tide, you're on the rag, you know, you get you get it, right? So whatever you are choosing to call this week, this is the week that your body is shedding your endometrial lining. And just um, so you realize the importance of this, your body makes a new organ every single damn month. And this is the week where your biology is basically saying, okay, there's no pregnancy here. We got to scrap this. We got to scrap this lining and we got to start anew. So during this time, you, uh, what I like to tell my female clients is I like, I want you to be paying attention to the quality of, and the texture of your blood flow, because that's going to give us a lot of clues into the balance of your hormones from the past month. So things that I will often ask you to pay attention to is looking for gobs and gobs of blood. Like, is it really clotty and is it really kind of goopy? Um, if you do see clots, we want to be looking at the size of them. So somewhere around the size of like a dime, maybe a penny is, um, is an appropriate size, but anything really larger, like if it's the size of a quarter or uh, in Canada, you know, a loony or a toonie, like $1 coin or a $2 coin, these things are, that is too big of, um, of, of a clot. So we want to be looking for the size of the clot. You also want to be looking at the color of the blood and you'll notice that it will change through your period. So at the beginning, it's going to be, it sh- it's usually um, darker uh, red, like very a very dark red blood. And then over the course of your period, you'll find that the color will lighten towards the end of your period. It may even look brown and that's just, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just more oxidized. But you want to be looking at the color of your blood. Is it dark? Is it bright red? Is it pink? Uh, so really taking note and taking stock of that. And then um, how long your period is as well, right? So typically the average period lasts anywhere between four and six or seven days. And 
um, looking at the like at the heaviness of the blood flow as well. So when you are you, typically the first couple of days is the heaviest flow, and then it usually peters off after there. Um, or do you, are you unsure of actually when your period starts? Is there lots of spotting the days before it fully comes? So all this information is really going to give you insight into the health and integrity of your hormones. And that will give you clues in terms of where you want to focus on in terms of your nutrition, in terms of your movement, in terms of your uh, mindset and how we can help balance your hormones in the coming months. Just to give you kind of a hormonal landscape during your bleed week, this is when your estrogen and your progesterone levels will be quite low. And actually most of the hormones that are associated with your menstrual cycle actually take a bit of a holiday this week, save for one. Um, so Typically, when we look at estrogens, we look at progesterones, testosterones, uh, luteinizing hormone, these are pretty low this week. The only girl who hasn't gone on vacation is follicular stimulating hormone or FSH. So she, as the name suggests, um, FSH is designed to stimulate the follicle. So the follicle is this beautiful, um, you know, what's a really expensive bag, like a beautiful Chanel bag that encapsulates your precious egg that's developing inside. And over the next two weeks, and the first two weeks of your cycle is called the follicular stage for that reason, follicular stimulating hormone is going to be driving the development of the follicle and the egg, of course, inside it. And the reason why this is so important is because there is a really important event about two weeks into your cycle, somewhere between day 12 and 15, um, maybe even day 16, where we release the egg from the Chanel bag. We release the egg from the follicle. And this is uh, called ovulation. And this, by the way, is actually the main point of your cycle. I know that we all classify, you know, day one of your period, you know, of your cycle is your period. And so we often will pay a lot of attention to the bleed week, probably because we also have to attend to uh, our, our needs at the time, right? Whether you're wearing Dixie cups or pads or tampons or whatever. Um, but the whole point of your cycle is actually um, to drive follicular maturation so we can release this egg for fertilization, whether you want a baby or not. That's kind of the point of the cycle. So this whole follicular phase, and I'll, I'll do a, a separate podcast on how to eat based on your menstrual cycle and how to train, but just as a little, uh, you know, kind of to whet your appetite a little bit, these first two weeks, so week one and week two, really great times to be experimenting with new nutritional uh, protocols like the ketogenic diet if you've never tried it or fasting as well. You can really tolerate uh, more aggressive types of fasting, in, particularly in your bleed week, uh, but this is also true in your second week as well. So that's kind of your bleed week. That would be normal. So we see all the all the hormones like estrogens, progesterones, testosterones, LH, luteinizing hormone. They're all kind of like hanging low. Uh, FSH, follicular stimulating hormone. She's the one that's kind of holding down the fort. And then you finish your period and then we come into week two, which is the week before ovulation, right? And this is when I like to... Um, this is like my favorite week, to be honest. This is when we feel sexy. It's when we feel flirty, extroverted. We feel gorgeous. And of course, we're super horny. <laughs> so this is the, so it's a crude way to really measure, um, you know, testosterone levels. I always say this, but, you know, 
for a woman, we actually don't realize that for a woman, the most abundant sex hormone is testosterone. It's not estrogen, but one of the, you know, a crude way to measure whether or not you have healthy testosterone levels is actually noticing a discernible rise in your interest in sex and having lots of orgasms uh, from about day 10 of your cycle through to about day 16. And that's because testosterone peaks during this week. And estrogen, also, you know, the what we typically ascribe as the phenotypically female hormone, you know, the goddess of the feminine, estrogen, she's making her first and her biggest rise in this cycle. So she is working to plump up your cheeks. She's working to plump up your lips. She makes your eyes bigger and brighter. Um, and, you know, you there's been lots of studies that have looked at um, facial symmetry and uh, when someone throughout her cycle, they've taken, um, I mean, the ethics of this is questionable, but they've taken, you know, pictures of a woman all through her cycle. And typically they will rate the, you know, week two as her most, you know, attractive because, you know, she has this estrogen effect of plumping up her face and, her, you know, promoting facial symmetry. And this is why I always say, you know, Mother Nature is such a smart, wily little minx because she knows the reason why you're horny, the reason why you want sex is because in a couple of days, there's going to be a viable egg for fertilization. And if your libido is rising, if you want sex, if you want to be um, having orgasms, it's going to obviously increase the likelihood that you are going to have sex and sex increases the likelihood of sperm being around in the drop zone when the egg is viable. So just as a, you know, um, uh, either, either this is an opportunistic or a cautionary, um, you know, recommendation, sperm can live for about six days right? So if you have sex right before you ovulate and there's some sperm that are kind of hanging out in the, in the hood waiting for the egg, you can get pregnant that way. Um, so tread wisely, young Padawan. You know, if you're looking to get pregnant, this is the six or seven day window that um, you want to be opening up, having lots and lots of sex, lots of, lots, lots, lots of orgasm from your partner. And if you do not want a pregnancy, take precaution here. Uh, go back and listen to my episode with Kim and Ami <laughs> uh, and figure out other ways for you to satisfy your, uh, your need for lots of sex and orgasms, right? So uh, uh, there can be contraceptive methods. There can be alternatives to penetration um, that, are, that are in order here if you don't want a baby. I am incredibly bullish on sauna as a therapy for recovery, heart health, and overall aging well. I personally decided on an infrared sauna from Sunlighten because of the range of far wavelengths and near infrared wavelengths that it offers. Saunas help with detoxification and rejuvenation to rid your body of toxins. It helps with heart health by improving circulation, reducing blood pressure, and helping keep the arteries supple. It helps with muscle recovery by easing the tension and soreness to recover faster. And of course, stress reduction with the warmth and the relaxation of sitting in a sauna it's crucial for hormonal balance and achieving a state of well-being necessary for a strong physique and a strong mind. If you visit sunlighten.com slash better and use code better to get a discount. That is sunlighten, S-U-N-L-I-G-H-T-E-N.com slash B-E-T-T-E-R and use code better at checkout. 
And talking about some of the hormones, so we have testosterone rising, as I mentioned, estrogen rising, luteinizing hormone. This girl now, she comes out and she, I always think of, I actually, uh, I always think of luteinizing hormone as that like weird, awkward uncle that kind of comes in to the, you know, bursts in through the front door at a family holiday dinner and sees you and is like, hey, Steph, how are you? You look great. And then like hits you on the back, you know, I mean, this has actually happened to me and like has caused me to spit out my food. That's actually what luteinizing hormone essentially does. It kind of bursts onto the scene all of a sudden, causes the follicle to spit out the egg. Um, and of course, you know, this week ends with an egg being released. So the sort of two main players in uh, week two are uh, luteinizing hormone. Well, actually, there's, there would be three. Uh, luteinizing hormone, testosterone, and estrogen. And estrogen um, has its apex. So it actually reaches the highest amount of estrogen uh, that it will throughout the entire cycle. So that's week one and two. That's the follicular phase. And then we get into the luteal phase. So these are the two weeks that follow ovulation. And most women will tell you, if you're paying attention, that you can tell that there's this subtle but palpable shift in your mood, in your uh, sleep. And there's, you know, you don't quite feel as flirty, not quite as sexy or extroverted as you were in week two when testosterone is reaching its uh, reaching its uh, peak. And then just like from a mental and cellular landscape, there's, there's this shift inwards, right? Um, and we start to see testosterone now. Uh, there's a sharp decline in testosterone. It looks like um, it did in week one. And this, we call it the luteal phase because it is named after the corpus luteum or the artist formerly known as the follicle. So the follicle, once it releases the egg, now we refer to it as the corpus luteum. Um, and she will start to secrete uh, the luteal phase's main hormone. This is progesterone, okay? So progestation, pro-pregnancy, progesterone. And progesterone has multiple, multiple effects on the brain and the body. She is the princess, the principessa of uh, the luteal phase. So when we think about what she does, um, she, you know, in terms of um, inhibitor, she you know, inhibits the pituitary gland secretion of FSH. We don't need FSH anymore. Um, and luteinizing hormone because we're not trying to release any more eggs um, right now because we have an egg that's been released and now what we want to do is we want to drive the endometrial lining. So it, she also, so progesterone will also um, reduce cervical mucus. So that's kind of when, you know, if you're looking at uh, your underwear and we did a, I think it was AMA number one or two, where we talked about cervical mucus throughout your, um, throughout your cycle. But this time right after you ovulate, you'll sort of see these like these dry days. So you're not really going to see any like wetness or stickiness um, coming from the vagina during that time. And uh, like I said, prepares the endometrium for a fertilized egg, um, stops uterine contractions because we, if there is a baby, we don't want the uterus to be contracting and expulsion, uh, uh, expelling that. We also see things like enhanced memory and it has protective effects on the brain, the spinal cord, and the, and the PNS, the peripheral uh, nervous system. The other things that this girl does is, and this is why a lot of women uh, often will complain about the last two weeks being more difficult, is she will slow down your bowel movements so you're not pooping as often. Um, and She'll promote water retention and she will directly stimulate your appetite. 
So she is, um, and I often will say just kind of as a, a, you know, a separate thing, a a lot of times I would have women coming into my clinic uh, with concussions. And I would often say that, you know, if if you can, obviously if you can avoid concussions altogether, but if you can be concussed in the first half of your cycle, uh, so in that follicular phase, it's way better than being uh, concussed in the second uh, phase of your cycle in the luteal phase. Because if you are concussed in the follicular phase, you actually have the benefit of having two full weeks of progesterone uh, in the brain because it is very much a, uh, it has protective effects for the brain. And we often see women who get concussed. And I would ask this in, in my intakes so of women who have fallen down or they were, uh, you know, whatever uh, had caused them to have that head injury. I wanted to know where in their cycle they were, they hit their head because that affected their prognosis. So just a little clinical gem there. So uh, talked about having the increased appetite, increased food cravings, um, all of that stuff. And I, I bring that up because it's worthy of a momentary pause and an opportunity for you to get to know yourself just a little squeak better uh, than you did before listening to this podcast. You know, I, I, I want you to know that this is normal, okay? If you are hungrier, if you have more food cravings, if you want more calories, girl, it is not because there's something wrong with you. It is because that is what is required. Your cellular biology, your reproductive capacity is driving this. You are supposed to be hungrier. And the reason is because you are growing an organ, there's nothing wrong with you. So I just, I just feel like I want to, I just felt called to, to tell you that because I, I have so many women that are like, oh my God, I just, for whatever reason, I can stick to my diet for the first three weeks. And then the last week, every, or the last two weeks, everything falls apart. And um, we will do lots of solo episodes on how to um, alter your foods during your menstrual cycle. But know that you don't need to stick to one way of eating all through the month on through the month and in fact i would i would recommend against that because it's neither practical nor is it realistic okay um let's just cut some energetic cords around that shall we so let's talk about uh let's talk about week uh let's talk about the week before your period so this is week 4 and progesterone as i was mentioning she peaks at around day 21ish day 21 day 22 depending on how long your cycle is so about the you know towards the end of week 3 first couple days of week 4 and this is like a peak week you know i've talked about um competing in in figure uh before on the podcast and this is like it's do or die right you either get pregnant or we need to scrap our efforts again and start next week. Uh, start next week building up an entirely new um, uh, organ or endometrial lining. And just also to note that with progesterone rising, we also have estrogen's second apex of the month. So estrogen is also rising alongside her sister, progesterone. And the role of estrogen in the luteal phase is again to support and drive the endometrial lining. Estrogen is a trophic, it is a, an, uh, um, it is a hormone that drives growth. And she also will stimulate the fat to store more fat. So blurg, boo, but it's, it's true. And uh, estrogen also improves your vertebral uh, articulation. So this is a great time for a presentation. It's a great time to be presenting. Uh, it's also a really great time to ask for a raise uh, because you'll be so eloquent in your, um, in your ability to communicate. And a couple of the things that I want you to notice about week four. Okay, so we have the biggest drop in serotonin. 
So serotonin is a hormone. It's also a neurotransmitter that's involved in happiness. Glutathione levels drop. So this is our master antioxidant uh, that gets rid of like and scavenges free radicals. D3, so vitamin D3 levels drop. Our B vitamins all drop. Magnesium drops. Um, it, basically everything, there's an uptake when we look at the serum levels of these, these components. It's because your body is using them at a higher rate to drive up this, this organ, this endometrial lining. You will also see this in your foods, right? So we're going to see uh, decreasing levels of amino acid levels in the blood. We'll also see elevated nitrogen utilization, uh, decrease in or uh, an increased uptake in uh, lipid uh, levels. So we will see lipid levels circulating in the blood uh, decreasing because your body is using that fat to drive the endometrial lining. And um, you'll also see this with um, your cholesterol. So if you're getting lab work done, uh, it's also a, an important time or it's, it's important for you to note when you are getting those lipid levels taken because your cholesterol is now being used for progesterone and, syn uh, and estrogen synthesis. So what you'll typically see is cholesterol and HDL reduce in your luteal phase as well. So just a little clinical gem for those of you that get lab, works, lab work done um, uh, on the regular. And then we will also see increased glucose utilization. Um, so it's like basically your fats, your proteins, and your carbohydrates, they're all being used at a higher rate. And one of the things that we all have experienced potentially is in that week before your period, some of these like pro-inflammatory uh, states. So if you are, uh, you know, if you have type 2 diabetes or IBS or PMS, this is the time when you're going to find that those things will tend to flare up. Even uh, arthritic and arthritide uh, processes like RA, osteoarthritis, these things, you'll just kind of find you're a bit more achy because this is uh, you, you tend to become more inflamed if things are not um, in balance. So this is basically what a period, a no, the normal sort of ebbs and flow um, of a period should look like. In terms of food, what, and I'll do a separate podcast on this, a uh, solo episode, uh, episode on this, but just around week three and four, I really want to double click on this. You should be having more calories, particularly in week four. And I know that that's a radical thought. And most people think, oh my God, she's telling me to like eat the whole Ben and Jerry's tub of ice cream. I'm not. I'm telling you to have maybe 10 to 15% more calories in week four. So that's not a lot. That's maybe, you know, if it's you're having 1,500 calories a day or 1,800 calories a day, that's, you know, 150 to 180 calories extra per day. But it's because your body needs it, right? Your body is actually utilizing those ca calories. You are utilizing um, the the exogenous uh, substrates, like your from your diet, to be driving uh, this endometrial buildup. So I hope that you found this useful. So just kind of in summary, week one, bleed week, you know, most of your reproductive hormones, hormones are dropping. Uh, also best time for the period poos. Oh, I forgot to mention that. That is like my, probably my favorite part of getting my period. I feel like I drop, you know, and also with releasing and cleaning out my, um, my uterus, I also uh, empty out uh, the colon as well. So the period poos, best ever. Uh, and we see estrogen, progesterone levels, they fall as we shed the endometrial lining. Week two, we have before ovulation, horny, sexy, flirty, right? Testosterone's rising, estrogen's plumping up your face, uh, you know, facial symmetry, rounding out your hips, all that beautiful stuff, that those, you know, signs of fertility, if you will. 
week three, we see a discernible shift in your libido. Testosterone is going to fall. Uh, we are start to going to see. We're going to see a, a bit more of a, a, a shift inwards, and we're going to start to see the uh, corpus luteum now is driving progesterone uh, up, and we will start to see progesterone rising towards the end of week three reaches its peak, and estrogen is also rising in these last two weeks as well. Week four, progesterone reaches her peak. Greatest stimulation on your appetite, core body temperature, and inhibits your bowel movements. So that is a normal period. Listen to this as many times as you need and tr start tracking to see how your period measures up to that. Because if you are noticing it, like for example, if you don't notice that you are horny or, or feeling a bit more sexy and a bit more extroverted um, in week, uh, towards the end of week one and week two, that may be a crude, it's crude, uh, but maybe we want to have more investigative um, uh, follow-ons from that. Maybe we want to look at your testosterone levels or look at your estrogen levels to see if there's anything gone awry there. So I really love to track my period with an app. Um, no affiliation, but I use the Clue app, C-L-U-E. But there are many, many, many great uh, period tracking apps. So I would definitely start doing that. And I would also, if you are somebody who is looking to get pregnant, I would start tracking your temperature as well. So you can do that with a basal body temperature um, a thermometer. Uh, there's also uh, fertility awareness methods as well, which are super, uh, which are super easy to um, to implement. So that's it, guys. That's your period. That's your cycle. That is what makes us one of the big distinguishing factors that makes us unique as women is our ability to create a new organ every month and potentially create life. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. For those of you who want to continue on this week's Geeky Magic Carpet Ride with me, visit bettershow.co forward slash show notes. You'll find research, links, summary notes, musings that I prepared in preparation for the podcast, and I often throw in some of my best practices, bonuses, and links. All the juicy bits are in there for you. And now for the obligatory legal and medical disclaimer. This podcast is for general information only, and the advice recommendations we discuss do not replace medicine, chiropractic, or any other primary healthcare provider's advice, treatment, or care. In the consumption of this podcast, there is no doctor-patient relationship formed, and the use and implementation of the information discussed are at the sole discretion of the listener. The information and opinions shared on this podcast are not intended to be a substitute for primary care, diagnosis, or treatment. This episode is brought to you by yours truly, Dr. Stephanie Estima and Leverage. Leverage handles all production, creates the images that you see on my social media, and takes out all my awkward pauses. They are my secret magic bullet. You can visit them at getleverage.com forward slash better.